it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, well, there is a report out there that OU and Texas are going to the SEC. We break it down from every angle. In Football Guys Talking Basketball, we discuss the Milwaukee Bucks winning the NBA title with an all-time performance from Giannis in Game 6. And to finish up, we give you our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hostey, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's beautiful Thursday, July 22nd, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in July from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $100,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's $100,000 Freedom and Fortunes Giveaway. If you need help finding your way, just visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the one. Now, we're recording this Wednesday night, and we're all just trying to catch our breath. <laughs> um, what? So, let's – I mean, we just got to get right into it, right? Yeah, let's – I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you. My my son turned a month old. I was gonna ask you, like, do I just say he's a month old now? And then, like, when he gets close to two months, uh, I'm I'm like, he's almost two months. But it that all seems so small compared to OU in Texas. No, no offense to my son in his life. Like, I love you, son. But the short answer I've got for you on that is. Even though you hate it, you're going to be stuck with weeks and months for a long time with age. Okay. Just kind of how it goes. Deve- it's, de- it's a development thing, I've been told. You know, there's a big difference between this month and that month or this week and that week. So just going to have to stick with it. 
I mean, my kid's going to be so big anyways, everyone's just going to think he's an idiot. Like they're, he's just going to like that. He's developing really slow and that's fine. I'm, hey, fine. I'm there all the time. I, I know exactly how that feels. Well, there we go. <laughs> so you do, you do know how it feels, but the, it, no offense to my kid, but like it, it all feels so small compared to OU and Texas possibly going to the SEC. I know that sounds bad, but okay. So according to Brent Zwerneman, which is one hell of a name, by the way, of the Houston Chronicle, Texas and Oklahoma have reportedly reached out to the SEC about joining the conference. Zwerneman's source is a, quote, high-ranking college official with knowledge of the situation and said that the SEC could announce the additions, quote, within a couple of weeks. Teddy, you and I, we, we, know, we know some people. Mm-hmm. We, we know some people high up at the university level. We certainly know some people high up in OU athletics. We have reached out to all the people that we know. And I think, I think it's safe to say that no one that we have reached out to has told us that this report is false. Right. No, I have, I don't know about you, but I know you reached out to some people. I reached out to some people, not one response we got said, no, 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 that's not true. Correct. Right. right. That's right. That's correct. Everyone seems to be either not saying anything or, you know, the statement that OU released is, you know, we're not going to respond to every rumor out there, which, you know, <laughs> doesn't really tell you anything. Okay. Um, it would have been easy to say, oh, well, that's a, that's a total fabrication. We, you know, we're not in those conversations but they didn't say that which I mean, tells us something we don't know what it tells us but it, it tells us something right in texas said about the same thing speculation runs wild in college football we're not going to respond okay let's let's go through all the statements and try to possibly connect some dots here so ou statement was quote The college athletics landscape is shifting constantly. We don't address every anonymous rumor. Texas's statement was, quote, speculation swirls around collegiate athletics. We will not address rumors or speculations, which when I saw the two statements, it was like, OU was like, yeah, you, you can copy my homework, but just change the words up a little bit. You remember that? Like when someone, I was... Yeah, I was a nerd. So, you know, be like, hey, man, hey, man, can I see it? Can I, I, I forgot to do it. Can I copy your, I'm like, oh, of course you can. Just make sure you change it Come up on, so we don't get Church it trouble. up a little bit. Let's go. That's, uh, that feels like those quotes to me. Just like, hey, just, just tweak it. We'll put the same thing out, but just tweak it a little bit. So then we have SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, who was asked about it at SEC Media Days. He said, no comment on that speculation. But then an interesting quote is Ross Bjork, the athletic director at Texas A&M, who got all kinds of mad and said, quote, we want to be the only SEC program in the state of Texas. 
Then you had Oklahoma State put out a statement that essentially said they would be gravely disappointed if OU and Texas left the conference. It was, I, I cannot think of a day, Ted, where I was keeping track of so many statements. I mean, it was, it was a whirlwind. It was a whirlwind. And uh, those statements tell an interesting story, don't they? And here's the interesting story that they tell. If this rumor had no truth to it at all, then I, I feel like you would have a, a sh- shoot it down from Sankey or we're happy with our current membership in, in the SEC. We haven't, we haven't explored any, any of those options. Oklahoma could say, you know, speculation runs wild. We're happy with our, our, our current big 12 uh, situation. Whatever that, that would, if that was, if it was really an unfounded rumor, that's what you would hear. But you didn't hear that. And then you hear, because no one has said anything. Nobody. Except for Texas A&M. And Texas A&M had a statement prepared and ready for as soon as this whole thing hit the air, right? You can't find anything from anyone else. But boy, that Texas A&M AD sure was prepared to have a statement right there on camera, recorded, ready to go. Oklahoma State was sure ready to fire off a, uh, a statement about what it means to them and how disappointed they would be. Texas A&M leaked it. Somehow they figured out that these talks were going on and they leaked it. That's what I think. Brent Zwerneman of the Houston Chronicle is a Texas A&M beat writer. Yeah. So, yeah, when, when you start looking at the statements, you start connecting some dots, a lot of it points to A&M putting this out. And also, we talked about, you know, the people we reached out to. You look at OU's statement, the official statement, Texas's statement. You look at Greg Sankey's statement. Once again, Nobody's saying, no, that's not true. No, nobody's saying that. Nobody at all. So Ted, what do we do here? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do we do we get overly excited and start going through what a 16-team SEC would look like with OU in Texas? Do we talk about how you and I have been saying this for a while, that this would be an awesome move for Oklahoma? Like, I, I, how do we approach this? Because there's so many angles to look at this thing from. Well just call it how it is. This would be huge for Oklahoma. Um, it'd be massive. It would be awesome for Oklahoma's fan base. It would be great for recruiting. Uh, the reward is massive, but it doesn't come without risk. If, if you do go to the sec, you better play some football and you better do it quick because you'll initially get a little bump in recruiting and everyone's going to be all excited and you're going to be, be able to say, well, we're a part of the SEC now and this many championships and, and all of that crap. Uh, fine. But, you know, if you don't win games and do it in a hurry, you have a chance of slipping to the middle of the pack. And we've been picked to win the Big 12 probably – unanimously for the last decade, I would say, right? Probably. Um, if not number one, number two, if we were to, a lot of people think we got a chance to win a national championship this year. If we were in the sec, we probably wouldn't be picked number one in our division. If we were either in the East or the West, that's the nature of that conference. It's going to be way more difficult. Doesn't mean it's impossible, but it's going to be way more difficult. So if you go gear up, buddy, because it's week in, week out, playing in front of big fan bases, playing in front of, you know, hostile environments, hosting big time games, it's, it's going to be fun. If it happens, it'll be awesome to see all those schools and go to all those venues. But you, there's a lot of risk there as well. There's no doubt. Now, from Oklahoma's perspective, clearly, you know, the, the financial, the eventual financial gain would be significant. But it's not like OU's not doing really well in the Big 12. I mean, they are. I mean, we all see the conference distribution numbers, but that new SEC TV deal that they just signed, what, 10 years, $3 billion? With ESPN, uh, yeah, that's significant. You're, you're going to end up, and as far as I understand it, ESPN would be willing to renegotiate that deal if OU and Texas were added to the conference. Sure. That the, the SEC would be compensated for that, and I got a feeling with there being such a battle for live content, that ESPN would be willing to pay a pretty penny if OU and Texas were coming. But you just look at what it would look like. Dude, I, 
I had to catch myself today. I was changing my son's diaper and I was like, dude, Tiger Stadium at night, OU at LSU, SEC West on the lot, like November. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> you don't even know what's happening yet. But it would, the, the most, the, the thing that would make the most sense to me, right? If you get this 16 team super SEC, would just be to send Alabama and Auburn to the East. Right. And so then yeah. you would have OU Texas, LSU A&M, uh, the two Mississippi schools, and Arkansas. And that would be – so you're playing LSU every year. You're playing A&M every year. I, I think a rivalry would definitely develop with Arkansas just because of the proximity of it. Like, And then you're playing the crossover games now. Would it be – since you got 16 teams, would it be – the divisions would obviously be eight and eight. So you'd have your seven division games. Are you playing two crossovers, maybe three? Like, I, I mean, you could really make it what you want. You've got, mm-hmm. you've got an absolute stranglehold on college football if this happens. So you could really make the schedule what you want, right? Yeah. And, you know, also within the last week, there's been a couple of different things come up as far as the SEC is concerned. One, um, getting rid of divisions um getting rid of the divisions because the current schedule is pretty ridiculous in how limited the crossover games are because everyone has their one tie-in crossover which leaves one more you know at random i guess or however they decide at crossover game and it gives you ridiculous stuff like Alabama hasn't gone to Florida in like 20 years or something crazy like that. I don't know exactly what it is, but so there's been talks about getting rid of divisions and going to a, a nine game conference schedule. And you can do that a bunch of different ways. And that would make sense. Um, the division thing gets really hard under the current season with that many teams in a division, it gets really hard, you know, uh, and you're going to be faced with playing a lot of conference games and not much conference crossover. And, you know, it just, it makes it difficult if you do that. My, my guess is they would probably look at doing away with divisions, but yeah, it's all a guess because yeah. there's also been talks about scrapping the conference championship game. If you're going to a 12 team, uh, playoff, but you know, that means lost revenue in the championship game. So I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. I think Sankey's made it pretty clear that the sec championship game is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So this is all really exciting. I think for most people to talk about and being able to just think about what it would look like and how many, more significant home games OU fans would have in front of them. And that that's something that, you know, we've heard, we've heard Josie talk about a lot, right. Is that they are, they are constantly fighting the battle against convenience of watching the game on TV. And Ted, you've been very critical of, 
OU's home slate some years, especially when it comes to conference play. And this change, I, I think it would certainly – and it's not like the fan base has fallen off at all, but this would reinvigorate a lot of fans that have gotten kind of bored by the home conference slate. Yeah. And that would that would certainly be significant for the university ju- just looking at it monetarily. Timing could not have been – worse for Oklahoma you get hit with the pandemic in 2020 and what happens there is you you peel back your um your attendance massively people opt out of season tickets um you know they've got an option to opt back in but a lot of people have said eh, you know it's actually kind of nice not going it's not bad watching at home it's a big headache I'll just I'll just do it at the house again. And a lot of people aren't picking up those season tickets again. So the pandemic was a huge factor in that. And you look at the, if you think this year's schedule is bad, take a look at the 2022 home schedule. It is horrible, horrible. And that's a massive factor. If tomorrow Josie says rumors are true, we're finalizing a deal right now to go to the SEC. You know what happens to season ticket numbers? Boom, through the roof instantly. Everyone who ever opted out is opting right back in. If you weren't on the list, you're calling in to get your name on the list immediately. People want to see the LSU game at home, the Auburn game, Arkansas. Hell, anyone, almost anyone in that conference is better than the the home slates that we've had in the Big 12. So – Timing the pandemic, I think if this is true, I think the pandemic forced Oklahoma's hand here. How how much do you think? How much do you think it has to do with money? And you're like you're saying the revenue shortfalls of of the pandemic year. I mean that affected everyone, Oklahoma included. But also, do you think? If it does happen, it just it kind of just has to do with you know President Harris and Joe Castiglione looking at college athletics as a whole and going, you know what, let's let's pull the trigger. Right, we we're seeing the NCAA weekend, we're seeing everything change within IL, all these things. Like you're seeing all this change in college athletics. It's becoming more and more about money. You think they just looked at it and they're like, you know what? Let's go where we'll make the most money. We we may not win the conference that often, and that and that's the reality of it. Because OU's dominated the Big Twelve. I mean, it's not it, it's clear, but they will not consistently win the SEC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I mean, it's hard, man. That's, that is, that is the best league in the country and it's week in and week out, right? So they maybe win the conference title every two, three years. And like that's being, that'd be great. That, that would be like a huge success. I mean, realistically, you're you're looking at it being solid if you win a conference championship once every five years. When so, is the last time in this conference that Oklahoma has taken the field and been at a disadvantage roster-wise? Probably... I don't know, those Texas teams in, in the mid to late 2000s, those were really, really talented teams, right? So, a decade? Oh, oh, yeah. Definitely more than a decade. Well, if you were in the SEC this year, you'd probably take the field at a deficit roster-wise, depending on what your schedule is, four times. Two, three, four times. And it hasn't happened in this conference in over a decade. That is a massive factor and it would you can't just show up and beat people with better players. It would take a little bit too. Right. And, and Lincoln Riley, Alex Grinch, they got recruiting rolling. Right. But you, you have to get, you, you simply, you got to get bigger at the line of scrimmage. Right. You, you look at the guys in the sec, uh, especially along the defensive line and this year's defensive line for Oklahoma would be, the most competitive they've had, you know, the, I, I think the most talented the, and the deepest they've had in a while. And I don't know where that defensive line would rank in the SEC. I think it'd be I up think there. They'd rank great. Yeah. I think they, they would be right up there, but it's not just, it's not just your starters. It's depth. It's like, what does your backups look like? What are your, what's your freshman class look like? I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about starters only. I'm talking about like, you know, what What does it look like year after year at all the different position groups? So um, we stack up, and the timing would be great for us right now whenever we're, we're on the upswing, we've got things rolling in a good spot. But, you know, it's, it's just to kind of point out that it's, it's going to be way more difficult. That's a good thing, though. I yeah, mean, no, that's, no, no. that's a um, good thing. I'm with you. Uh, life would change – drastically for OU fans, right? It would be, there would be an adjustment period because you're used to it feeling like the sky is falling if you lose one game. And well, you're also used to (laughs) whenever you lose one game, the team you lose to going, oh, shucks, man, it was just a, we don't know what happened. It just kind of ball bounced our way. And, you know, you're walking out of the stadium and the fan base is like, boy, that was crazy. We didn't think we were good. We thought you guys were going to kill us. You know, what a game, man. Don't take it to, don't take it out on us next year. You lose a game in the SEC, 
they will let you have it. You know what I'm saying? It's like the but whole thing. That'd demeanor. be so fun. It is. But you everyone's used to everyone kind of dancing around and you know, you're the the overall favorite, it would be a total change, which is good, but it would be a shock to the system. Dude, we're going for a seventh conference title in a row this season. I know. Like it would, it would take a little getting used to for, you know, coaches, players, fans, everyone, right there. There's going to be an adjustment period, but damn, it would be fun. But there are, there are quite a few hurdles, right? When you look at, and I'll, I'll say this, uh, Jeff Ketchum, who runs orangebloods.com is the, you know, Texas site for rivals. Uh, he put this out here and that's a, it's a guy that's dialed in at Texas. And you, you know how some of the people there at Texas are, they like to talk. They like to, they like to leak things out, Ted. Mm-hmm. And he, he just put a tweet out there and it says, Two elements of this Texas OU. I'm going to switch that. Uh, two elements of this OU Texas to the SEC story that we will have in a free story soon. Number one, OU and Texas are expected to inform the Big 12 in the next week or so that the two schools do not intend to renew rights agreements. Number two, Texas is prepared to say goodbye to the Longhorn Network. Oh, that makes me think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like him saying that Texas is cool with getting the Longhorn, giving up the Longhorn Network. Like that makes me think this is almost a done deal. Yeah. And all I, I mean, all the stuff we've talked about, people not saying anything, no one denying it. I don't want to get too excited because I love the Big Twelve. I do. I mean, it's the. It's the conference we played in. Like I, I, I take a ton of pride in covering the conference, but it's hard not to get excited about the possibility of OU hosting A and M, or even j- just think if OU played Ole Miss this season, where would that rank right at now? Home? At, at home. home. For the home games. Ole Miss is a better team than Nebraska. Iowa State would be the better home game this year and this year only. You know, typically that is not. like When we're saying Iowa State's a great game, that that tells you something. Uh, You know, what would be crazy is you'd play Ole Miss at home and, you know, maybe they're four and two at the time or something like that. They'd be rocking people into town on Wednesday to gear up for the game on Saturday. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's the type of, that's the type of football atmosphere you're talking about. Yeah. It just means more. I, I'm, I'm going to go on record. More. I'm going to go on record oh. here. I will not be saying it just means more. I will also, and I feel like quite a few OU fans listen to this podcast head. It under no circumstance. Even if, even if OU joins the SEC, under no circumstance will we do the SEC chant. It, it can't happen. That's where we, we got to put our foot down on that one. We're, we'll be proud members of the SEC if it happens, but the SEC chant will be banned from Gaylord Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. 
banned, I say. I'm, I'm not just saying you can. I'm demanding, Gabe, that if I ever say, well, it was just the Sugar Bowl, it wasn't a playoff game, so we didn't care about it. If I ever say that, you slap me, okay? Deal. You slap me. Because cannot, I'm a friend. We cannot go down that, that whole horrible downward spiral that they've gone on. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's look at kind of the roadblocks to this happening. So to add a new member to the SEC, the SEC bylaws say that three-fourths of the institutions in the conference have to vote yes. So that means 11 teams would have to vote yes to allow OU and Texas into the SEC. So Kurt Bowles, who has been covering Texas for forever for the Austin American Statesman, says that he had people from A&M and Missouri tell him that they would be a hard no, which is hilarious. No, and they then, won't. It, it, that they say that, and I'm, I'm telling you, and I think this is like a bigger picture thing because everyone's looking at the SEC and the Big 12. I think this is more of an ESPN versus Fox thing, right? It, ESPN has the chance. I mean, how many times is OU – the big noon kickoff game. And how many times is Texas the big noon kickoff game? Yep. If they thought it was a joke, they thought it was a joke whenever they said, quit putting us at 11 a.m. Thought it was a joke. Everyone thought it was really funny about uh, we signed the contract and we'll just, we'll abide by it. Yeah. Oops. Well, biggest flex of all time. It's possible ESPN looks at this opportunity and goes, hey, we can we can take a huge piece of Fox's inventory if we go get OU in Texas, and they'll be willing to pay a premium price on top of what the new SEC TV deal is because live content is king, and Texas is a huge brand. OU is a huge brand, so... That that's kind of the bigger picture side of things for me. But so so you've got the eleven teams that have to vote yes. And when I was thinking about it, I was like, all right, who would vote yes? Who would vote no? Why? Why? Why would Alabama, Georgia, you know, Florida, LSU? Why would those schools want OU in Texas? In like, what incentive? other than money, other than a huge check, would they have to... Because the SEC doesn't need OU in Texas. They're making a ton of money. It's the best conference in college football already. Like, they don't need OU in Texas. Now, they probably want them, but if you're Bama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, Ted, why, why, why would you vote yes? Is it just the money? Well... I don't, I don't know why I don't, I, I can't give you other than yes money, but I I don't feel like anyone's hurting for money. Okay. I can't tell you why they would say yes, but I can tell you why A&M and Missouri would say yes. It's because everyone else puts the squeeze on them. Like if, 
Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, the big dogs want it to happen. You get in line. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, oh, you don't want a man, huh? Actually, why don't we just replace you guys with OU in Texas? You know, that kind of sounds good to us because you don't really, you know, not that I don't even know that they can do that. I'm just saying, like, if the rest of the conference puts their foot down, then they'll step in line. That's kind of how those things typically work. Um, but I don't know, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU. If you go to them and say, we want to add Texas A&M to the SEC, they say, okay, yeah, program, big fan base, uh, you know, energetic fan base, haven't won a championship in 80 years, not a threat, but a lot of TVs there and a lot of recruits in that state to give us a presence there. We can start showing up and and being a bigger threat in the state of Texas. And that has happened. Absolutely. But now, if you go to Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, and say, we want to add Oklahoma and Texas. Well, you make Texas the state way now you get a ton of TVs. You've now probably got 80% of the TVs in Texas on college football Saturdays. And there's a lot of TVs in Texas, but you also invite two huge programs in to recruit that same area. And they already are, but it's going to make it, it's, it's going to make it easier on Texas and OU on some of the players that they've been losing to the SEC. So aside from money, I can't really give you a reason as to why. Because they're already, you know, they're pissed about playing extra SEC games. They think the conference is too hard. So I can't tell you why other than money. Because it doesn't make things any easier on anyone. Unless they go without divisions and scrap the championship game. That's the only way it makes it more palatable for those schools. The it's probably a good time to remind everyone that the football coaches won't be making the decision. Right. <laughs> the, uh, the board of regents will for all these schools going, Oh, they're going to give us how much really? Wow. That's a lot of zeros. Yeah, we'll do that. Like it's just, <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's not even going to be up to Nick Saban. And Think of the raise we can give ourselves. This is that's gonna what, be great. It just, oh my gosh, D- Dan Mullen's going. I'm gonna make so much money. Yeah, <laughs> sign him up. Let's do it. Let's compete. But there is going to be a big political component to this, right? And I, I don't know why, but there's there's always this thing that comes out about OU not being able to leave OSU in the dust, like. Uh, as far as I know, and I've asked some asked around, there's no law that says that in the state of Oklahoma. Now, the governor is an Oklahoma State grad, and it's not like there wouldn't be resistance for OU to leave the Big 12 and leave OSU there. Like, of course, there's there, there are going to be some some debating there in the legislature, but with the amount of money, and once again, it's all about money. It always is with the amount of money that OU would be able to bring in from moving to the SEC, 
the leadership in the state would look at it and go, do you see all those zeros? I mean, that's a lot of zeros and that's a lot of money being brought into the state. And it's, I just, I don't see Oklahoma state, even though they put out their great statement, I don't see Oklahoma state getting left behind being a roadblock for Oklahoma going to the sec. I just, I, I I mean, Texas A&M was able to leave and leave Texas. Like, OU's going to be able to leave Oklahoma State. Yeah, I don't – I've heard that same statement thrown out by people before that – And it's never made sense. I'm always like, okay, show me where it says that. Like, it, it, show me the it legal code. That, you know, a couple months ago, it said that you couldn't sign an endorsement deal to a college player. And guess what? OU wrote the legislation, handed it to the legislator. They voted on it. And guess what you can do now? You can sign a college kid to a endorsement deal. So the one of the good things about our government is that it can change. So if that's a law now, it can change, and it would change. I think it would be it, – it, I, I can't imagine that that would be a big issue. I, I just really can't. But OSU should be happy. They should be thrilled. They can win the big seven or whatever it will be by that time. You know, they'll actually have a chance to win a conference championship. So (laughs) you're mean (laughs) you, the one of the, now one of the big issues for OU leaving would be the grant of rights, right? And OU still controls its third tier rights with what is it? Bally sports, Oklahoma now, but uh, I saw something that Ryan Aber from the Oklahoma put out and it, he said that schools leaving the conference must notify the league at least 18 months in advance of departure, pay a buyout fee equal to the sum of the conference distribution money that otherwise would be paid out during the final two years of membership and forfeit all conference distributions during the period between notifying the league of departure and when the program departed. So the penalty for leaving during the grant of rights would be severe, though there would figure to be negotiations that would lessen that blow for departing schools while putting the remaining schools in better positions moving forward. So basically it would cost OU a lot, a lot of money. Yeah. It, and, and that's, that's clearly significant. Well, yeah. And there's a couple of things involved there is, you know, um, I don't, I, my guess is that uh, schools as big as OU in Texas would get a full share as soon as they went into the SEC, right? Um, like whenever we added teams in the Big 12, West Virginia TCU, they did not get a full share uh, immediately. They kind of eased them into that. I think Oklahoma and Texas would get a full, full share, but yeah, I don't, I don't pretend to know how all that stuff would be negotiated. My guess is there would be some type of some type of arrangement made between TV networks, right? Uh, ESPN and Fox would probably swap out some of that somehow or or figure out a way to to make it work and make it not not as severe and maybe position themselves with uh, maybe some better games or some better choices. I, 
I don't know how that w- would work, but it's not like Josie saw Ryan Abrams' tweet and said, damn it, I didn't <laughs> think of that, right? I mean, they know these contracts that they're in. They know the ramifications of bailing on them. So they've got a plan for that. What it is, I don't know, but my guess is there's a plan for that. It's if they if they are honestly thinking about it and they're deep into this where maybe a vote's happening or, or something, my guess is they've also been talking to ESPN, you know, and the TV partners and saying, Hey, if we're in, if if we could make this happen, how do we get out of our TV deal? Is there any way that, that we can make this work? You know, yeah, I, and that would be my guess, but I don't know. Right. And that that's where things get complicated because OU, right, it does stuff with Fox, it does stuff with ESPN, but currently doing stuff with ESPN and ESPN now owning the SEC moving forward, maybe that gives you some flexibility in that whole thing. Okay. I, I guess the last thing is does this, if, if OU and Texas leave, does this kill the Big 12? Do do we start seeing, and you saw George Klyavkov, the new Pac-12 commissioner, say, he tweeted out something like, just when I thought my first month as commissioner couldn't get any more interesting. Like, do all of a sudden we see the SEC take OU in Texas the Pac-12 come for, you know, Oklahoma State. And who else they would want? Like the Big Ten come for possibly like a Kansas or something just for basketball. I don't, I don't know. But can the Big 12 survive this is, is really the question. No. I don't think so either. And this is what pissed me off so much about what Bob Bowlesby said last week. I'm calling him Big Check Bob now because they all get their their mailbox money from Oklahoma and how much revenue we bring into the Big 12. Um, Nobody wanted to move. No one wanted to say anything. No one wanted to upset the apple cart. They wanted the mailbox money coming in. And you finally made Oklahoma mad enough that they're going to look for another option. And everyone's going to be left high and dry and they're going to be upset and they're going to say, well, why? Well, what happened? It's because no one else brought anything to the table. Okay. And unfortunately, if you don't bring anything else to the table, you're not much of a commodity out there on the open market. You know, it's about, unfortunately for this conference, it's about money and it's about TV. How many TVs are there in Iowa? Well, there's not many of them, and most of them are turned to the Hawkeyes game, right? right? So you don't gain much there. How many TVs are there in Kansas? Not many. How many TVs are there in, in Oklahoma? Not a whole heck of a lot. How about West Virginia? Nope, no TVs there. This conference has a conglomeration of some of the least populated states in the entire nation. That's not a good thing for TV and for revenue. So I don't know what happens, honestly. It's not good because, again, no one brings a whole heck of a lot to the table. They've been cashing big-time Big 12 checks for a while. 
and it looks to me like the uh, the happy happy days may be coming to an end if this happens, because I don't know. I mean, if you're the Big Ten, yeah, you may add some of these teams in, but what type of share are you going to give them? Why why would you give these teams a full share if they're if they're not bringing any eyeballs to the table? I you know maybe someone's got an easy answer for that. I don't. I guess just to have an extra number, you're telling me that the Big Ten, who's got a nice payout right now, wants to add what is how I many is is the Big Ten at fourteen as well, or are they at twelve? They're twelve. They're twelve. Right? So you're telling me that they're going to have to add four teams and divide their their revenue by four extra teams that aren't going to be bringing a whole heck of a lot to the table as far as eyeballs just to get to the number. No, Big 16. 10's 14. Is it 14? It's 14, right? Yeah. Cause they remember they added, you, you got to remember like oh, yeah. Rutgers Rutgers is in the big 10 now. So there's 14 of them. Well, here I am saying they, they wouldn't add people just for numbers, but they did add Rutgers. So, um, it's maybe good they school, would, man. but it's, you know what I'm saying though? I, Maybe they would just have to be forced to add teams to get to that 16 number, but I don't know who it would be and why there would be any rush to do it. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I, I wouldn't feel bad because it's not like it was my decision, but it would, I, I just, you know, you look at like Iowa State and what Campbell's built there, God feel bad a little yeah. bit. Like if they end up in, I don't need where would they the, the Mountain West? I don't, I, I don't know. I they with the current state of their program, they'd probably get swooped up by the big. I mean, that would be one you would take with the Big Ten, and I, I guess maybe not. Heck, I don't know. But you're right. If if they don't. I feel bad for him because Campbell's on the first train smoking out of Ames, Iowa, you know? Right. So for our call your shot question, ask the listeners, do you want OU to go to the SEC? Why or why not? At Awood405 on Twitter says, revenue, better games, better recruits, better atmospheres, less 11 a.m. games, better recruits, NIL will improve, Better recruits, pretty obvious choice. Mm-hmm. Plus, beating AM like a ragdoll will be fun. Think about the softball and baseball matchups, too. So much better. That's a really good point. SEC baseball is, yeah, I was gonna say serious. that earlier. Is we look at this through the lens of football as we should, but man, softball, the Patty would love being in the SEC. Oh man, that would be fantastic. Baseball, I think, it would be great. I think basketball would be would give us an opportunity to kind of, you know, get out there and get a little bit more competitive and and maybe start winning a bunch more games and get some recruits and stuff going. And and I, I think we're in a good position now anyways with Moser. So uh I, I think all sports would get a lift, man. I really do. Moser recruiting SEC country. Let's, Let's go. Um S Steel 06 on Twitter says, would miss Bedlam. The list pretty much ends there on why I'd like to make the Big 12, why I'd like to make the Big 12 better. But why couldn't you just play Bedlam every year in the non conference? Why not? Absolutely. Of course you would. 
No law against that. Of course you would play that game. Yeah. You played at the start of the year or end of the year. Under the SEC, remember they have those they have those rivalry Florida games late State in the year. And South Carolina Clemson and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's already built into the SEC. And I mean, then you wouldn't Oklahoma State has to have some way to sell those season tickets, right? By being able to go to the Oklahoma game, you know? So you couldn't couldn't kill them on that. Ted, I just got a text uh, from someone that's pretty dialed in at Texas. Uh oh. That says that he's hearing that UT, and I actually uh, I got a similar text from uh, Murdoch about this earlier. He said he is hearing that UT will inform the conference that they are leaving next week. I don't know what to believe, man. Is it weird that I'm nervous? You well, here's the thing. You can't say you're leaving next week unless you know how the vote's going to go. Right? That's true. You better Here's the only other thing. You better whip the vote, man. Here's the only other thing. Now it may be we got a package deal going, OU Texas. Pac-12, Big Ten, SEC. We're out of the Big 12. It's just a matter of where we're going. You know, anymore. You know what Bidding I'm saying? War. Because if you can't just say we're leaving unless you know definitively that you're leaving. And, I, you know, they have to have an idea that the vote's going to go well, if not at the SEC somewhere, right? Right. It seems a bit premature unless they, they've already, already got the yeses. Well, any conference, whether it's the Pac-12, Big Ten, uh, Pac-12 doesn't make that much sense. I know it almost happened back in, what was it, 2011 with the realignment? That's the only reason I even said that is because it it was almost happened before. Right. But it doesn't seem to make sense now with I would the state hate of that. that conference. Right. I, that would not be good. But, you know, that's that's kind of the only thing I could I can think of. Here's the other thing that I, I love about that statement. It's like... <laughs> Missouri and A&M say they're both going to be a hard no. It sounds like everyone else in the conference has already said yes, and it doesn't matter if they're a hard no or not, right? right. If Texas is already going to announce that. This, this may be the best call-your-shot response we've ever gotten. Uh, Vinay Shroff, or Shroff, sorry, Vinay, uh, I hope I said that correctly. He slid into the uh, podcast Twitter's DMs, Ted, and this is Uh what he says. He says, in response to your call your shot for today, picture this, dudes. It's a beautiful Saturday night in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, you just clobbered Vandy, and all the adults are headed to Lower Broadway. Keith Urban surprises everyone at the legendary establishment you're enjoying yourselves in, Tootsie's Orchid Lounge, which, fun place, uh, can confirm. He, He adds, After slamming some tunes, Keith brings you two on the stage for your moment of glory. What's more, Garth and Blake Shelton show up, along with Justin Timberlake and Chris Stapleton. Teddy and Gabe, you lead the way with the flawless duet of Friends in Low Places. 
everyone swoons. Drinks are drank, good times are had, but then Derrick Henry comes out of nowhere, runs on the stage and stiff arms everyone, hurling you off the stage and taking the stage for himself. But it's okay, you just laugh it off because OU just landed the best five-star recruit in the state of Tennessee. So there's just too much to celebrate and not enough time. In the end, there may be a bumper bruise here or there, but judging by your impending record deal after being discovered at a honky-tonk, Oklahoma Breakdown, the album, is born, and the weekend is a great success. He concludes, yeah, let's do this SEC thing. Yes, I'm bored today. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. The only thing is, I don't know about the um, Garth Brooks thing. I mean, he may be, he he may be the only one that's not thrilled about it. Well, we can but, sing the Garth song, right? I mean, it's a great I'll be song. damned if I'm getting stiff armed by Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, I don't like my odds at this point in time, <laughs> but if we go to the SEC, man, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to add some you weight back on. <laughs> to add some weight back on, bro. I'm like 246. I may have to get. I, I got to get back up in the 260s to be able to defend myself. That's funny. All right, That's let's move great. on to football, guys. Talking basketball, but first, let's talk money. First Fidelity Bank is a full service financial institution based in Oklahoma, tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. And make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. With a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. Okay, football guys talking basketball. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions for the first time in 50 years. Giannis delivers an all-time NBA Finals performance in Game 6 to clinch it. 50 points, 14 rebounds, 5 blocks, and was absolute money from the free throw line. 17 of 19. He he was spectacular. Chris Middleton hit some big shots, including the biggest of the game there in the final minute. Uh, Drew Holiday was okay. He was great on the defensive end like, like he always is, but uh, didn't play particularly well offensively. Hell, Bobby Portis's contribution may have been the most significant of anyone not named Giannis, Crazy Eyes Portis was fantastic. But Ted, this game will always be remembered as the game that took Giannis to another level as an NBA player because I I thought he was phenomenal, right? I, I, I never understood 
even his lack of his lack of shooting and people would come at him for, but I, I always appreciate him for what he could do and not like his weaknesses, if that makes sense. And this game, it, it, it just took him to another level for me. I mean, he was, he was unreal. It's amazing. Uh, 50 points, just one of the greatest finals performances of all time. You, you hit that. Here's what is, is crazy to me. He was 7 of 19 or 17 of 19 from the foul line. He was 17 of 18 till what he missed that last one or he missed the first of the, of the final two that he took. That's why foul shots are such a big thing and people harp on them and bring them up and don't understand whenever you can't make them. Because whenever you do, that's the difference in the game right there. That's it. If he shoots his normal playoff percentage, they probably don't win that basketball game. Oh, they definitely don't in my mind. Right. That's why it's such a huge deal. And that's why I said the other night when we were talking about it, if he ever figures out his free throw game, he'll be unstoppable because he won't be scared of going to the line and he'll just continue to pour it to the hole nonstop. And that's what it looked like. He was aggressive. Once he got rolling from the foul line, he wasn't scared of it. He hit 17 and 19. That is the difference in the game. You said it. Holiday wasn't great. Middleton was just okay. Hit some big shots late. They were okay but they won it because Giannis was 17 and 19 from the foul line. That's it. That's it. And dude, you're spot on. You could see as he hit some of those early free throws, you could like just see his confidence grow. And it was an assault on the rim. Like it's not like whenever he started making the foul shots, it's not like, Oh my God, pray it goes in and you get a couple of lucky bounces and you make one of two. He pured them. He was pure in them, like just pure as could be, confident, and you're right, full-out assault on the rim. Devin Booker assaulted the rim with the basketball with all the shots he missed, and at, I know he, he had had some really good games, but he just didn't have a good night shooting the ball, and you, you got to give credit to the Bucks, especially Drew Holiday. They were just really physical with him refs let him play a little bit and he just missed some shots. I mean, he took some tough shots, but he was constantly challenged by the bucks defensively. Uh, I thought Chris Paul was better than he had been. I thought he was good in this game, but the difference for me is like you, you saw Booker struggling to score, right? He, He was shooting the ball poorly by his standards and one guy or one team had a guy that said, okay, I'm going to take the game over. And Chris Paul just, and I know that he's a point guard. I know it's all about distributing the ball with him. It's about movement and all those things. Like I understand it, but you weren't getting anything from Deandre Ayton. Booker wasn't hitting shots at some point. 
I mean, you just got to initiate. You you got to try to take the game over if you're Chris Paul. At least that's how I saw it. And I, I never really saw that from him. I thought there were some moments late in that game where he could have tried to take it over and kind of have the same mentality Giannis had. I know the, the, the physical differences are vast. I understand that. But I just, you know, the last four or so games of the series, I just – Sometimes I just felt like Chris Paul was just floating out there. Yeah. And I don't know. It's weird. I don't know if that's the best way to describe, but it is weird. Well, here's the thing, you know, at the end of the day, I think the best team won the best team with by far the best player on the floor. And it happened to be in one of the most insane atmospheres we've ever seen. And an atmosphere matters in basketball. You know, it, it matters. And I think it was a factor in that game. Uh, it, that crowd willed them to victory. You know, it was, it was just, it was, it was insane. So I, I think some things could have happened to where Phoenix definitely won that game, but, or could have won that game, but it just feels like, they were out of gas, man. You know, it was a it's it's tough to go on a long sustained playoff run when you're kind of the the underdog. Like you're not supposed to be there. It's just tough. And you could tell the toll it took on them. You saw how emotional everyone was afterwards. I will say this. The the officiating deal going into the game, Chris Paul, 0 and 12. Was it Foster? Is that the guy's name? Um, that Scott was, Foster. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's absurd. There was a stretch in that game where I was like, "Are they just going to give Milwaukee every single call the entire night?" And it did straighten up a little bit in the fourth quarter, some. But I was like, "It's just going to be blatant. They're just going to give Milwaukee the game." But it it ended up evening out, I think, and was fine. And I don't think that was the factor. The factor to me was. Just foul shots, man. It and it and it was the confidence of Giannis take just taking over, but it, I felt bad seeing how emotional that Phoenix team was afterwards. Yeah. No, I'm which is good. That's how it's supposed to be, man. Hey it's a, you're I, supposed to be that invested. Not to open up any wounds, but you know what it's like to lose a title game. Not fun. That's true. It's true. I will I will say this as I was watching. Sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, you, you were, you were telling, I just hated to see how what are you hate to see it. You lived it, bro. (laughs) I'm sorry. Hey man, I hit bourbon street afterwards. I'm sure they did the same thing. Yeah. Just with tears in their eyes. Mm -hmm. Mike Budenholzer was like an inch and a half away from being fired. Right. If Durant's foot's not on the line. Yeah, and you you talk about a game of inches. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. He went all these people criticizing him, saying he should get fired. To, I mean, how long is he going to be in Milwaukee now? A long it, time, I assume. At like, least next year until the Nets run through him if they stay healthy. The Nets are. I mean, I'm sorry. I know everyone's on on Milwaukee. Well, I would never pick the Bucks to win. I mean, it's so hard to win back to back, anyways. And I know. Giannis is just an absolute freak of nature, but yeah, healthy nets. I'm taking them over the Bucks every day of the week. Not even yeah. in a discussion. I agree. 
agree. But hey, they got it done. It was tough. They were close to close to being a massive disappointment. But hey, they pulled it off. Give them credit. And as I'm watching Giannis, as I'm watching all the emotion, I'm watching the fans go insane. It was only natural mm-hmm. for all of us Thunder fans to watch this and go, this was supposed to be Kevin Durant and this was supposed to be Oklahoma City. That's right. And like, it kind of hurt, man. It hurt watching it for me. Like, I was happy for Giannis because he seems like the most likable guy in the world, right? But it just it just made me go back and relive all the missed opportunities for the Thunder, whether it was, you know, you can talk about trading Harden, but still they were there. Man, if Westbrook, if Patrick Beverly doesn't blow Westbrook's knee out, like I, I'm convinced that they're winning the title that year. You, you go back to the 3-1 lead against the Warriors, like you're just reliving all of these things. And it was it was hard to watch it and not think about Kevin Durant. And I will say hard. this. I think the Bucks winning the title with Giannis staying there, I think that's a good thing for Oklahoma City. I think it's a good thing for the smaller markets in the NBA because it shows you can do it that way, right? You, you can build around that guy. You can put the pieces around him. Now, of course, you got to draft well. Maybe you got to make a risky trade like they did with Drew Holiday, but it's possible. The, the, the league, it had started to feel like, hey, you have to go to a big city and you have to group up with a couple other all-stars. Like that's, that's how the league felt. And now you still have to have three really, really, really good players like the Bucs did. You got a superhuman in Giannis, and then you got Middleton and Drew Holiday, but it it was good for the league and it was good for Oklahoma City. And so while I was trying to not cry about the Durant thing, I was also like, no, this is good. This is good for us. Small market, this is good. But I was I was in a glass case of emotion last night, Ted, as I watched the Bucks celebrate. Do you want me to nod and agree, or no. do you want me to make you upset no. again? You uh, just tell me the Thunder are never going to win a championship. I know that's what you're going to say. Yeah, they'll never win a championship. It's never going to happen. Um, and here's the thing that happened for Milwaukee that didn't happen for the Thunder. They, When the Thunder made it to the championship, they didn't get to play a team that made it to the Eastern Con- through the Eastern Conference because the best team had injuries. Right. If L.A. is healthy, the Lakers, that is a different ball game, buddy, because let me tell you, they've got the guys to stop Giannis. They've got the size around the rim. They've got Anthony Davis. They've got... Uh, you know, LeBron can hold him with his stature. That's a, I, I can't sit here and say that the Lakers, if healthy, would win that. It would be a much di- more difficult matchup. And the same thing with the Nets. So those are two super teams that were joined up. And 
if all things were square, I would still have both of those teams. I, I agree. I definitely agree. But we can take it as a victory and say that you can do it through the draft. You know, we did it once before. Can you do it again? Let's just hope. Yeah, man. There was a lot of contemplation last night at the Eichert household. I can tell you that. I, I just, I, I I'm going to keep the faith, man. I'm going to keep the faith as long. And I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced as long as the fan base keeps supporting the team, the way that we do that eventually we will be rewarded. That's, that's the mentality I've got. Now I know that the fans don't win basketball games. I understand that, but that's a, that's, that's a good point. It, the Thunder, they, they've had bad luck in the playoffs, frankly. You talk about the Ibaka injury, the Westbrook injury. You talk about blowing the lead against Ward. Like, hey, they've – and it, that, that really was just, God dang you, Clay Thompson. What the – but – You got to – You got to get lucky to win a title. You got to get lucky a little bit. Yeah, right? and you also got to go – punch a guy in the nose or tackle him or take his legs out whenever he is hitting threes on you nonstop like Thompson was. You can't allow that. Someone's got to run out there and injure the guy like in Happy Gilmore, okay? You can't allow that to happen. Don't say go injure a guy. That's too much. But <laughs> you, you got to drive a vehicle. You got to take him out of the game. That's what football coaches say, people. You got to take – we got to eliminate him from the game. No, but – I am happy for Giannis. I'm happy for Milwaukee fans. Uh, they're the second best fans in the league behind us. So congrats to them. How about this? Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Devin Booker, all heading straight to Tokyo for the Olympics together. What do you nice. think that dynamic is like? Um. Got to be a bunch of beverages involved. Has to be. Do you Has think they just? Do you think Holiday and Middleton just have like their arms around Booker? They're like, "Hey, man, it's all right." Or do you think they're just clowning him? Like, how's that working? I, I wonder. You start off with your hands around him, then you make sure he's okay mentally, and then you clown the hell out of him. Yeah, that's it. That it's you know, hey, we'll build you up. Then you're we're gonna start right. taking our just shots. Make sure we're all good here, and then we'll take our shots. So Middleton, are they going to have the parade without those guys? Without Middleton and Holiday? Those are like two of the three dudes. Can't have the parade without a, two of the three stars. What's a typical time frame on parade? You got plenty of time. You think they'll wait for him? They should wait for him. Well, you have to. How how hungover were they for that flight? Or they they're probably not even they probably weren't even hungover. They're probably still wasted. Yeah. That's a long flight though after a long night. It is. Yeah. And I don't know, dude, I, it's not like, and I don't know what their setup is, but I'm sure they've got them a better setup maybe than most of the Olympic athletes, but it's not like they're going into some like awesome situation. They're going to a country that does not want them there right now. Japan is pissed that they're having these Olympics. They're going through all the protocols instead of like, 
partying their asses off. Right. Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are going to get tested every day and sleep on anti-sex beds. Yeah, it's like <laughs> if we if we see the I I feel like the women's national team and like even the NBA team uh, it's like this is so bad we're just going to lose out and go home. It's not worth it. <laughs> we're out of here. <laughs> we're out of here. Well, one last thing on the finals. Did you see the video of Giannis going to Chick-fil-A? I what was going on there? He he went to it's okay, so first of all he went to order 50 nuggets, right? He had a 50 piece in the game, which is great. But when he's actually ordering it from the lady who looks like she came out of central casting for a Chick-fil-A <laughs> employee, she, he actually says 50 chicken minis. So I wonder, did he get nuggets or did he get chicken minis? Because those are two different things. The chicken, that, minis, the chicken minis, the one with the little biscuit, right? Yeah. So you're, I mean, 50 nuggets is one thing. 50 chicken meganies is a whole different task entirely. That's a lot of bread yeah. you're you're putting in there. Which what's, I'm not worried about the guy, but like I just What's your just, record on nuggets or chicken minis? I have never kept count, but I guarantee you I've eaten more than 50. I've eaten 50 wings before at Hooters in college. <laughs> so I know I can eat 50 of the little little nuggets if there was anyone that i'd put in there i would i could imagine that you could eat 50 of those that's crazy they're so good and they just it's like ah, they're fantastic but the only thing is like don't tell me you're keeping track of how many i eat because then i'll get like then i'll be thinking about it if you just Mm -hmm. catch me at like a tailgate oh it's a bloodbath man just kind of video you from around the corner yeah but the the story about him from a couple of years ago is making the rounds again. And I, I, whenever I saw it, I remembered reading it for the first time. Whenever he was sending all of his money back home to his family and he sent everything that he had and didn't have enough money to be able to pay for a ride back home. Did you see that? And he was like running down the street home and some dude was like, I just watched him play tonight and he's like running down a road in the middle of Milwaukee and some dude, random dudes pulled over, picked him up and took him home. It's a pretty cool story. I will say, and I, I wrote this quote down cause I saw, cause Giannis may be the most, I mean, he may be the most likable superstar I, that I can think of. Like I haven't heard, have you heard someone be like, I'm just, I'm just not a Giannis guy. Like I just no, but here's and I I don't want to take anything away from him, but Kevin Durant was like the, exactly like him I, at one point exactly uh, right when I said it I immediately thought of Kevin Durant I've tried I I can't quit you Kevin Durant I'm sorry yeah. but he he had a quote he said people help me be in this position I didn't do this by myself every freaking day people help me. I want to thank everyone. And I thought for, for him in that moment, you know, kind of just post-game press conference, you just had the performance of your life to remember to say something like that. I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool. He seems, he seems like a great dude. And here's, here's the advice I'll give the, the people of Milwaukee. He's a fantastic dude. He's awesome. 
I love how how real he is. I, I love everything about the guy. Do not let him sign with Jay-Z's sports agency. Do not do it. Sabotage the deal any way you can. That is the exact moment whenever Kevin Durant changed. Whenever they tried to tell him you've got to develop a different persona than what you have right now. That's what changed him. There you go, Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Don't let him do it. Okay, let's get to our winners and losers of the week. But first, do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. And guys, summer is here, and you know what that means, baby. It is hard seltzer season. And there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Will and Wiley Hard Seltzer from Coupe Works. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool, at the lake, and at the tailgate. It's made in Oklahoma, and it's absolutely delicious. Maybe we'll bring it to SEC country. Hmm. Maybe. Hmm, Will and Wiley is customized for the Oklahoma lifestyle. Go find it right now in a store near you, and go follow them on social media at at Will and Wiley. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? I really wanted to go with OU fans with this SEC news. Just think of the home games you're going to have, season ticket holders, Hosting LSU, Auburn, Florida, Georgia. They have to expand Alabama. the stadium, man. Yeah. How about these road trips down to Tuscaloosa, down to Baton Rouge? Um, you know, it's going to be awesome. Fayetteville. I'd like to go see a game in Fayetteville. But um, I had to give a shout out and give him some love. The winner of the week is our man, Shane Beamer. Uh, friend of the podcast. He's absolutely killing it there in South Carolina. He's got the fan base riled up. Uh, it was a home run at SEC Media Days for him. They recreated the the famous Spurrier uh, photograph, which was awesome. Uh, a lot of his quotes have been has been have been fantastic about how he believes even more now that it's a championship level program and they're going to win there. And, you know, they can only control what, what they can control and their preparation to win games. I just love how good Shane Beamer is doing at South Carolina right now. I think he's, he's winning with his fan base. He's winning with his players. He's winning with the media. Now you got to go out there and win on the football field, but right now, I love all the attention and the praise that Shane Beamer's getting out there nationally. Love it. Did you see the picture? Yes. Awesome. That's awesome. when you know a guy gets it. That's right. And we, we've had Shane on before. Uh, I consider Shane a friend. 
he is a fantastic guy. And he's another Ted Lasso. He he does have Ted Lasso vibes. He's a I mean, Ted he Lasso. Does. Now he, he's got some intensity to him, just yeah. like Ted Lasso does, by the way. Friday. New season yeah. Friday. This week? This that I'm pretty sure that's what I read. Oh, Let's go. I know what I'm doing this weekend. Oh my it, gosh. Is it is it bad form to bury an entire season of or is it, do they release it by week? I'm hoping it's all at once, right? I don't know. I didn't watch the first season when it came. So I don't know. Right. I, it's got it's bad form to just bury is, an entire season in one weekend, isn't it? I, I kind of want it to be one at a time, like for yeah. a little like nostalgia's sake, where I like I I there's build up to it, like I'm anticipate, right. like I'm. That would be fun. You got to have I, time to really absorb each episode before well, just you watch it at least two times. Yeah. Gosh, I'm excited. But Beamer's the best, man. And if if you don't know what picture we're talking about, there there's an old picture of Spurrier where he's at a Coke fountain and Shane Beamer and the two guys, two players that went to SEC media days with him, they kind of recreated it, uh, put it out on South Carolina's Twitter. But yeah, I was I was watching his press conference because I knew he was up that day. I was on SEC network and I, I just, I was watching it and he was, he crushed it, man. The answer. And I started seeing, you know, my Twitter timeline comment about Shane Beamer, comment about Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer's awesome. Wow. He's killed it. Shane Beamer, Shane Beamer. And I was like, Oh, g- glad the rest of you know now that this guy right. is awesome. So I'm with you, Ted. It was, it, it was really good. It was really cool to see Shane in his element and uh, I sent him a little something saying, that he crushed it and he got back to me we chatted so he's see that's the thing he's the best like Shane Beamer right now I I know him from whenever he coached at OU and just doing media stuff and and being around the team some don't know him great would see him around Norman and stuff I I feel like if I called him right now he'd pick up an answer no problem that is a, for a head coach at a major, you know, conference, major program that tells you everything you need to know right there. He's going to get back to you. He's going to answer your, your phone call. He's going to answer your text message. And that goes way further than you could ever imagine. And whether it makes sense or not, Paul Feinbaum even said a bunch of nice stuff about him. And if Feinbaum's saying nice Mm. stuff about you, I mean, he called him the talk of the day, Ted. And I was like, let's go. (laughs) So love it. It's awesome. I hope they win some games, man. I, uh, I really do. Uh, especially when OU goes to the SEC. I mean, uh, they'll be in the other division. So let's get it. Right. <laughs> let's get it. All right. Who do you have as your loser of the week? <sighs> I feel like I've done this five times, but it's come up again. It's Packer fans. Yet again, you got no information. Camp is right around the corner. We don't know what's going to happen. We just found out that the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers a massive contract, making the highest paid player in the entire history of the NFL. And he just straight up turned his nose up at it. Now you got his fiance's mother on Twitter. Stephen A says, uh, he's going on some rant about how Aaron Rodgers does not want to be 
a part of the Packers organization and mother-in-law to be quote tweets it and says spoken truth mother-in-law getting in on the action. How are you supposed to feel about that? If you're a Packers fan, does she know what she's talking about? I doubt the future mother-in-law is a big time football fan and just happens to be weighing in on what's going on up in Packers land. She has to know something, right? One would assume. Brutal. I mean, the mother-in-law doesn't do that without asking him first, right? Like, hey, what do you want me to say? Or overhearing him say something or some type of inside information. Well, if she's just putting it out there from overhearing it, that's just a huge mistake by her, right? It'll probably be deleted. Maybe it already (laughs) has been. But, you know, I hate it for the Packers fans, man. Packers fans are probably feeling how Thunder fans felt last night watching Giannis and the oh, Bucks yeah. win a title. Absolutely. Can, it's sad. I've heard a lot of people talking about it. If they drafted his replacement and his replacement has been there all offseason and they offered him a five-year extension, making him the highest paid player in NFL history, they have to not like his backup, right? That it connecting the dots would lead you to that conclusion. <laughs> yes. The, Which again, Packers fans, not Aaron, a good thing. Aaron, come back, please. Yeah, we'll uh that's gonna be like I don't think he's showing up to camp. Like there's no indication that he's showing up to camp. That's next week. I don't know. I don't think he's showing up either, but what, what are they going to have to do? I mean, he said pretty early on, it's either him or the GM, right? And the GM, that's the easiest decision in the world. The GM is, guess how many games he's going to win you this year? Zero. Last year's MVP, he'll win you some football games. You dump the GM that made all that those decisions draft-wise and pissed him off. That's the easiest decision ever. That would be such a power move by Rodgers if they end up firing the GM and he just shows up the next day like, oh, everybody, that'd be, would you talk about carrying some weight? Okay, are you looking to buy or sell a house in the OKC metro area? I just used the Ronaldo Cloud Group to sell my old house and it was so easy and stress-free. Station Ronaldo and Maddie Cloud are with Sage Sotheby's International Realty. They believe in prompt communication, an honest relationship, and luxury service. And that's exactly what they gave me. You can reach them by emailing Stacia at Stacia at SageSir.com. That's S-T-A-C-I-A at S-A-G-E-S-I-R.com. Or you can contact them on Instagram at at SoldByStacia and at SoldByMaddie underscore. You will not regret it. So for my winner of the week, Ted, thought about going with Deion Sanders. <laughs> because Dion likes nothing more than some Dion, and he likes nothing more than people talking about him and that stupid stunt he pulled with the whole call me coach. He wouldn't call Nick Nick. It's like, what? Yes, I would. And the reporter's reaction, he was like, Yeah, I would. I'll call Nick all the time. And he's like, No, you wouldn't. You 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 get cussed out if you do that. He was like, Okay, Dion. <laughs> 
<laughs> the timing, like the the comedic timing by that guy was fantastic. But I mean, I just want to go on the record. If you didn't coach me, I'm probably not going to call you coach very often. The only reason I'm calling you coach often is because I may not know your first name. If I know your first name, I'm 30 years old now. I'm going to call another band by his first name because this just did. It's your name. I'm not expecting you to call me, hey, radio guy. Or, hey, 64. podcast guy. I'm not going to, just because you're a coach, it's not like some formal title. I can have respect for you and call you by your first name. It's not that serious, guys. It's not. It's your name, man. It's That's true. What? And I'm not saying that what you do is wrong. I'm just saying that if I know someone's a coach, I call them coach. Just habit. We are different. But that doesn't surprise me. You're a better person than me, so that doesn't surprise me. But I wonder I, if it's different if a if a coach is Is there like an age cutoff? I wonder if it's I wonder if if there's a coach that's younger than me if I don't say coach. So when you do when you do the shows during the season, when you do the Lincoln show, do you call him Lincoln or do you call him Coach? Coach. I'm pretty sure. I really? Think. Yeah. But he didn't coach you, and he's younger than you. I, well, uh, yeah, he is younger than me. Um, yeah, I you're know, old. Maybe I say Lincoln. I don't know. I, I feel like I say Coach. I think I say Coach. I just, it's, it's, it's never been like we did big 12 media days. I interviewed all 10 head coaches in the big 12 and called them all by their first name and not a single one of them looked at me weird, said anything. It's like, I called Gary Patterson, Gary. I even called him GP one time. Like, yeah, it's not weird to call another human being no, by their I'm, first name. I, I'm not saying it's just weird. Silly at all i'm just i think i think i say coach it's not weird if you don't though i just think i say coach i i think i'm stuck in the player mindset like i don't know i if you coached me and i see you i call you coach like if i see bob i call him coach right because he was my coach mm-hmm like, if I see someone that coached me, it's what's up, coach. If you did not coach me and I'm interviewing you for, for something, or if I'm just seeing you, if I see you at a game, I'm probably going to call you by your first name. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I'm Maybe I'm in to... the minority. Am I the weird one? No, 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 no. You're not. But. I think the way I do it is the minority, but gotcha. I, but now I need to, I've never really paid attention to it before. So now I need to, I need to dial back in to see what I'm saying. Okay. It'll, you'll figure it out. Okay. But my winner of the week, Nick Saban, Nick Saban, as if he needed more juice on the recruiting trail than he already has, 
he drops an absolute bomb on all of us speaking at the Texas high school coaches convention. He said that Bryce young, their projected starting quarterback who has not played a meaningful snap of football for Alabama. He said he is quote, or he is up to quote, almost seven figures in NIL deals. Uh, For those of you that struggle counting seven figures in a million dollars. He said it has to do with the brand. And that's where I was like, there's the flex. He was like, this is a guy that hasn't even played. He said it has to do a a lot with Alabama's brand. A not-so-subtle message. said, And I don't think it was a coincidence that it happened at the Texas High School Coaches Convention either, where they have have really gone after the top prospects in that state and gotten a lot of them. He just, you know, drops that little nugget of knowledge that their quarterback that hasn't even played Mm. is approaching a million dollars in NIL deals. See, now, in this instance, if I'm Bryce Young, I say, I don't say coach. I say, hey, Nick, why don't you keep my deals out your mouth right now and stop talking about my business to a bunch of people I don't know. Don't make my stuff public. I don't want a bunch of people knowing I'm about to be a millionaire, okay? I thought that was weird, too. Like you, incredibly rude. You, uh, this is a, and it was kind of a thing in the NFL. It's like, hey, you don't talk about another man's bank account. Like, you don't talk about that. Now, if a guy gets a huge deal, right? Everyone jokes about it. Like, oh, you're paying for everything now. But like, it's, there's this joke period. And it's like, okay, it's over. But I thought it was kind of weird. And like, I, like, I how's think that going in the locker room? Well, and, and I, I saw some of the guys that were, at media day for Bama to say like, Hey, we're happy for him. Right. You know, we're happy for, but I just thought it was weird that it came from him. Like he didn't need to put his business out there. Like, is that a recruiting tactic by him? That's kind of how I interpret it. But then because every kid in the country is saying like, do you hear what Bryce Young's getting? Oh my gosh. But if you're Bryce Young, you have to be like, I mean, coach, did you really, did you really have to do that? Like, I think people are assuming that I'm going to make plenty of money, but you really had to put my business out there like that. Yeah. I don't know. It was, a little yeah, weird. It was weird, but it's one of those things where coach is like, sorry, bud, you're getting that because of the brand and the brand is going to use it as a recruiting tool. So I'm sorry about your luck. Enjoy the money. Yeah. Bryce Young's probably not that worried because he's like, I'm about to be a millionaire. This is awesome. Yeah, he's probably like, dang, you didn't have to put it out there like that. But then he's like, but yeah, everyone knows. But let the people know. Let them know. Okay, for my loser of the week, thought about going with the U.S. women's national team. Soccer. We were all asleep, but they got rolled by Sweden. Three nothing in their Olympic opener. What, 44 straight matches? Snaps a 44-match unbeaten streak, and they had won 40 of those 44. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? And it was – it's not like it was a fluky last second. Oh, my gosh, we messed that up. They got pounded. 3-0. 
And it, I mean, from everything from the highlights I watched and the article I read, didn't sound like it was very close. <laughs> right. Especially the quotes I saw from the U.S. team. <laughs> like I was like, oh my God. So it's weird. I don't know. Hopefully it's the wake up call they needed. Uh, I would like to go on record. I like watching them win. So figure it out, ladies. Let's go. Come on. Red, white, and blue, USA. Hey, these colors don't run. Let's go. <laughs> well, Come on, loser of the week. I, I, I hope they get it together because. Let's be honest. There's they've they've been in the news a lot, and in a strange way, I think a lot of people are. I don't know if they're rooting for them to lose, but if they do lose, there's going to be a lot of "that's what you get" type of stuff. You know, I understand what you're saying, but I will say this: if you're rooting for any of the United States teams to lose, you are a terrorist. Yeah, I said. <laughs> Come on, it's the Olympics. That's right. I, Come on. I was thinking about like, there's no way any other country has that problem, right? It's just weird. Why would you cheer? Why would you cheer against the United States in anything? It's the Olympics. Like, if you're an American, well, I mean, I guess the political stuff. It's the political like that, stuff. That, yeah, but. Dude, well, put I don't it all know aside. If- it's the Olympics it's every four years. It's red, white, and blue, baby. Put everything aside. Put all our differences aside. We cheer I- for America when this thing rolls around. That's it. That's the rule. I don't want to hear anything else. I I agree a hundred percent. Don't don't tell me you want the United States women's national team to lose, and then you go cheer for China. I don't want to. Don't tell me that. I don't want I don't to. Like, let's happening. not go down this road. I don't think that's happening at all. But but let me. I'll just say this. I don't think any other country has that problem. It's very unique to the United States. But I also, it's also very unique that a team, a national team, would kneel and protest during their own country's national anthem. It's just a completely unique situation. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Just, it's, I, no, I don't think there's anyone else that's going through that. I am. I am ignoring everything that factors into this. <laughs> and this is the one time, like we all are cheered for the same it's team here. Get people. over it and cheer for the team. The red, white, and blue, the stars and stripes. Cheer That's for it. the Jersey, not the player. I do d- nameless and faceless. <laughs> all I see are the colors, baby, red, white, and blue. Let's roll. But loser of the week. And you touched on it earlier. It's gotta be Bob Bowlesby. Right. And you've got the OU in Texas to the SEC stuff. That's got to be incredibly stressful. And uh, I wonder if our man Bullsby is rethinking uh, the way that he handled those questions about the OU Nebraska kickoff situation. If that was the straw that broke the camel's back, then, oh man, I bet you he's like, I, uh, I probably should have handled that differently. But I feel like he was, the, there's either going to be an announcement tomorrow that OU is going to the SEC or that the OU Nebraska game is going to be a seven o'clock kickoff. <laughs> hey, either one would be great, <laughs> but he was going to be my loser of the week before the OU in Texas to the SEC stuff started. And it's because he told, okay, so 
when it comes to college football playoff expansion, one of the things that people are the most excited about, in my opinion, is the fact that playoff games, those first-round games, will be played on campus. Mm-hmm. Those atmospheres are going to be electric. That is going to be peak college football. Everyone's pumped for it. Well, Bob Bowlesby told Sports Illustrated that college football playoff leaders have discussed incorporating more bowl games in an expanded playoff, meaning that the first round games could be played at neutral site bowl games instead of on campus. He said, quote, that's certainly an option. No, it's not, Bob. No, it's not. That I can't cannot. hate anything more than I hate that right there. I hate that. Don't that, ever bring that up again. <laughs> that should not be an option, Commissioner hey. Bowlesby. If you, you, you can't even put that out publicly. It's like people are so fired up for that part of expansion. And you want to incorporate more bowls? No. There's no, no. way, man. If 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 Cheez-It wants to sponsor the first round matchup between Georgia and Oklahoma hosted in Norman, Oklahoma, you can call it the Cheez-It game in Norman, whatever the hell you want to call it. But don't you dare take a first round playoff game from campus and put it in some BS stadium that no one wants to go to. Don't do it. Oh, cannot do that. First round matchup between Oklahoma and Penn State will be played in Santa Clara. I will. It, or it'll be played in the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Ugh. What a joke. The whole thing's a joke. If it were up to me, I would give the bowl games to everyone else. If you're the 12 teams, we're playing round one at home. We're playing round two at home, so the bye teams get to host, and we're playing the semifinals in the bowl spots and then the national championship. That's it. That's all you get. And if the Rose Bowl wants to raise a big ordeal about being on whatever day and whatever time, say, you know what? You can have the third-place Big Ten team and the second-place Pac-12 team. We don't care. Congratulations, you can play on January 1st. We're having a playoff and you're not included. We'll see. College football playoff expansion. Wonder how big of a role that played in the possibility of OU and Texas going to to the SEC. I don't think it was insignificant. I think it makes it more palatable for both the SEC teams and Oklahoma and Texas. Yep. And on that note, episode 131 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Monday morning. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on Sports Talk 1400. You can hear me on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio Channel 375. Hope you all have a great weekend. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. And do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.
love you for just one more time.